everybody, and welcome back to the hockey edition of the Lose Change podcast, where we have a few guys giving their two cents on everything hockey. Uh, we got Braden and Stu joining your host, Tyler Two Cents, today. Kai isn't here. Uh, he's currently on trial for a double murder, kidnapping, and insider trading. Apparently, he's pleading not guilty. I'm not so sure why, but we will see how it goes and hopefully have him back next week. Braden, do you have any inside information on the case? I thought it was incest. Is that <laughs> what it was? I, I don't know. I was getting my reports. All Allegedly. Wrong. I get my eyes mixed up. I don't know if Jordan Belfort was insider trading or incestual, but he was one of them. Yeah, I'm going to not even cut that because, you know, what, let's just leave it in. Sorry about that, Kai. Anyways, we got the hockey podcast coming today. We're going to be talking about Pasternak, some uh, playoff frauds, and of course, the Boudreaux saga of the Canucks. We have to get into that a little bit later. But I do want to start with a little football talk on this hockey episode. You guys are both 49ers fans, and I'm an Eagles fan. Are either of you willing to put some fucking money on the table here for this NFC champion? Already dead. Coming up? Already dead. I've got money on the Niners to win. If there's three words I could use to describe the 49ers, it's you bones and all. They've bones. got everything, baby. <laughs> They're bones and all. They're gonna win. They're going all the way. I got money on them to win the uh the whole thing. I got. I thought it was balls Mr. and all. But... Uh, Mr. Brock Party, Mr. Relevant. I got money on him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, they're doing it, baby. And you know what? Are they underdogs? Yes, but you can't fuck with magic. You can't quantify magic. And is there anything more magical than the last overall pick of the most recent NFL draft? Coming in and leading a team undefeated to the Super Bowl, nothing more magic than that. Niners it's a really good story. Mile. That's the a storyline. The story is better than the reality, and the reality is the Eagles are the better team, and they're going to stomp the shit out of the 49ers. As someone with a football podcast and have been watching football for at least five more years than you, Braden, I'll inform you: the Eagles might win by thirty to forty points, and you should cash out those bets. I'm at three, no, four. How long ago was fourth year? I'm however many years out from that. That's the first year I watched all the way. That was the Niners' undefeated season. Was that 19 years ago? No, I'm not 63. That was the year where they went to the the final, and then they blew it. They blew it against the Chiefs in the second half. Uh, Thanks, Jimmy G. Actually, I did have a question I wanted to ask. Fire away. Shanahan said that Jimmy G may be ready for this week's game. If you are the I 49ers, do that. you do you play Jimmy G or do you go Brock Purdy? I go Purdy. Like you don't fuck with magic and guys coming off an injury versus like guy who's been rolling. If he, he wasn't so Purdy, shaky right? in that last game, I'd say it's obviously Purdy, but he looked shady. Stu, you're also a 49ers fan. Would you feel better with Garoppolo coming back into the game? Nah, I definitely want to ride. <laughs> definitely want to ride with the guy no. that's not moshed yet. And I don't watch football like almost at all. Like I'm like Burden. This is my first year. Like I've watched like half the 49ers games, and that's like me starting to get into it. But no, come on, you got to ride the kid that hasn't moshed yet. Like like Burden said, if he wins, like how awesome is that? And then he can suck next year, and I won't even care. And if I you don't it, like, put him in, like everyone's gonna be roasting you. If yeah, and then you, when you lose to the it's Eagles. a lose lose. If they lose the game, the, Shanahan's gonna get shit on for not doing the other option. And if yeah, he has a bad first half, day, you could just switch it off, right? Like there's yeah. nothing really stopping you from doing that. At the end of the day, you have to do whatever you think as a coach gives you the best chance to win. And I'm excited to see that decision clearly be Brock Purdy, which is insane to me. If you told anyone eight weeks ago, no one would believe you. But he's clutch. here we are. 
He's I like the Eagles, though, a lot in this game. And I'm going to get more into it into the football podcast later on in the week. As far as hockey goes, we're halfway through the season. And it's kind of the same old shit as a Leafs fan from my Leafs perspective. But there's been a big switch up over in Vancouver land, Braden. And we've been talking about it almost every episode. But let's throw it right into Canucks Corner. What do you think? But Drow of the Canucks... The Canucks saga is finally over for Bruce Boudreau. What do you think is going to happen with Rick Tuchet? I think they're going to go 652 is the exact percentage they're going to go over the rest of the year. Um, Maybe 700. They're going to finish with around a 65% (laughs) win rate. They're going to finish right at that point where you can't get a top five pick. Remember, oh my. And just to be clear, Braden, you're saying that they're going to do well. And that's a bad thing. Dude, Boudreaux had a great point when he got fired, when he was asked, why do you think it took so long? And he goes, well, I got put through the grinder. The next three games are against Seattle, Chicago, and Columbus. Arizona? Arizona, and Columbus is in there. So it's just like they are waiting for Taka to have this nice fucking easy schedule to come in and feast on, with the exception of Seattle. But the Canucks have never lost to Seattle, so there is that. That being said, like, it's just... It's more the same. Wait, 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 back up. Did you say the Canucks have never lost to Seattle? pretty sure they've never lost to seattle at the very least they've never lost to seattle on home ice okay um, that's good for uh no, it's that's not. a good time they, to make a coaching change if you're the canucks you're like all right let's make the change and get these three easy matchups up for this new coach i think that's like that logistically that makes sense from no. a human standpoint for Boudreaux, it doesn't it doesn't make sense from a human stance for how you treat Boudreaux. It doesn't make a stance from a logistical standpoint for Bedard. It doesn't make sense on for any Bedard, fucking point. Yeah, true. Dude, Rutherford's like, oh, we're already tanking. No, you're not. You're trying to win. Like, it's... <sighs> Let me get Stuart's outside perspective in this Canucks corner. Do you think that the Canucks look like they're trying to win right now? Because that's like the one thing that's really pissing off Braden, I guess, is that they're looking like they're going to blow this Bedard sweepstakes. I definitely don't think they're trying to lose. I don't know if I'd yeah. say they're trying to win. I'd, it looks like they're trying to go perfectly middle of the road where you just missed the playoffs by like two points. <laughs> and look what they're going to do. That's what, it, that's what it looks like they're doing. Like I think, Brady, they I are. think you put something in the chat. That's like, what they are doing. Or, there's like, don't they have like one, a super easy rest of the schedule too? Like it's not even that They've got an easy rest games. of the schedule. 40% of their see. teams that they play are in the bottom like 10 teams in the standings, I'm pretty sure, rest of the season. Dude, they're not getting in. Like, they can't catch Seattle at this point. They're not going to get in. I saw even, like, I think two weeks ago, so obviously the numbers have changed. But the Canucks were the only team that were simultaneously 10 points out of a wild card spot and 10 points out of last place. <laughs> so, like, no, like, you're That's stuck impressive. In a, yeah, you're They're stuck the only middle. team. That's still the Canucks. The Canucks zone. We can call that the Canucks zone. They're mediocre. Remember, this year is the year where any pick in the top five is, like, a first overall pick in any other draft. The Canucks are going to pick sixth. Like, that's what is going to work here. They need a center. Horvat's leaving. Oh, a top five pick. You're going to get a guy who's going to be a first-line center in this league. I want Leo Carlson. That's my boy in this draft. Fuck you, Mitchkov. I don't think he's going to be that good anymore. Um, But that's what's going to happen. We're going to pick six and get, like, Jaeger, who's going to be, like, a third-line fucking scoring center, maybe. Um, okay, okay. But no, like, we're getting the headers. Look, there. look, look, look. We'll get into that later. But <laughs> other things, there's two things I wanted to say first. Okay. Frank Two Spaghetti. Let's today. do one thing at a time and then let other people. Frank talk. Spaghetti. We've all said, hey, Aqualini, the owner, he's way too involved on the Canucks. Frank Spaghetti uh, today. That's pretty wild. That's his real name, eh? Yeah. Um, 
because the level with which Francesco Aquilini's involvement has been there from the very start, and it's not just this coach, but every GM and coach over the past decade plus, it's heavy, and way heavier than almost any other organization. The really successful franchises in the NHL don't have ownership involved in hockey operation decisions at the Canucks level that Francesco Aquilini does. In other points, Aquilini runs this team, he makes shit fucking decisions because he wants to win, and he can't take a long-term view to anything. Yeah. It's why it's the same fucking shit. It's that. And the other point, too, I wanted to bitch about with management is that this was supposed to be this new management where it's forward thinking. They have all these different parts. You heard you guys how were so excited. excited. You, guys you were heard so how excited. excited. Mm-hmm. Who's the president of hockey operations who started making all the hires? Jim Rutherford. I don't know. Who did he hire as general manager? Patrick Alvine. Where was Patrick Alvine from? I don't know. Still? No, yeah, no, no clue. He was Pittsburgh. He was assistant GM in Pittsburgh. Oh, word. Where was your Rutherford from? Pittsburgh. Want to guess how many scouts uh, were? They brought in six new scouts with them. Want to guess where all six of those scouts are from? Pittsburgh. And where was Rick talking, assistant coach? Pittsburgh. You're really canvassing a wide group of potential people. Like that's why, Brandon, aren't you hyped for when Vancouver trades for Casperi Kapanen later this season? Yeah, for Tanner Pearson. That's what's called not if now. If Jim Rutherford trades for Kapanen again on a different team, that would Come be on, you're telling insane. me he's not thinking about it? Yeah. I don't. And I'm just he wants to get rid of Pearson for sure. I know Rutherford's really in charge. Who's going to get Pearson now? They fucked up his surgeries. Now he's done for career. So maybe, he, I guess he's LTI space. Hey, which we'll yeah. get into because I did. That's another point I wanted to get into. Second point. Second okay, thing. let's wrap up and the then, next corner after that. Okay, well, there's, because I wanted to get in that discussion we had on text with like being right. creative. But like, but what's your point? GMs. Like, Let's, you can talk to me about it. You don't have to stop like rant about your knucks. I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I'm not, now? but is there a better comparable for the Vancouver Canucks and the Philadelphia Flyers? The, are the Canucks the, the West Flyers? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like no, legitimately. Yeah, I, they're I going through so. their Tortorella phase right now. Rick Tockett's their Tortorella. Oh, we're going to get a hard ass bench boss who's going to set a new culture so we could push the playoffs. Oh, Torts, or are you going to get Tockett? At least, you know, at least Torts tried to fight other coaches when he was on the Canucks. Hope Tockett does the same thing. Yeah, and if you look at, like, goalie, forward, and defense, they have a very similar goalie situation and defense situation, and I'd argue forward situation. Across the board, they might be the West Flyers. I think that the Canucks have a better forward group. Rasmus Ristolainen or Tyler Myers. Mm. Point being, though, like, the overall direction, though, and the thought process behind both the moves they make. Yeah, dude, it's the same fucking thing. Like, it's... Tyler Myers East and Tyler Myers West. Um, yeah, but I want to see uh, transferring into that, and this kind of comes to the cap. Like NHL GMs need to be more creative, and it's ridiculous that they're not. I know you're getting all heated because, as a Vancouver fan, you're trying to be fun and creative and make things happen. And then I was kind of shutting your ideas down because, as the NHL goes, it's very not fun, and no one can do or will do anything. But three-way trades can be done, and we've seen them. And like this is what I was getting into is I think. The reason being is that Tockett and OEL like historically hate each other. Um, Tockett used to like kick him and shit behind the bench when uh, he was the coach in the Goats, and like OEL demanded a trade out. Big reason because was Tockett. Um, so I'm, if by any chance they're able to get OEL to ask for a trade out because of Tockett's hiring, that's sweet. How do you move him, dude? You got the Blackhawks. You like find a third team. Trade OEL with a million and a half retained. Trade him alongside a guy like Tucker Pullman, potentially Tanner Pearson, Furlan, some LTI space, right? We said the other day, if you trade to the Blackhawks, you retain a million and a half, Canucks retain a million and a half, and then you send Furlan along with them. 
you can acquire OEL and gain a million in cap space. Yeah. Okay. Be creative. Like, do you teams can... want to play OEL? Like that's. Hey, I think point. that the reason I bring that up is I think a team like I'm going to point to good organizations who know how to use players properly. I think a team like Tampa Bay, and I think a team like Boston. Like I don't know if you remember when OEL got traded to Vancouver. He only had two places: Boston or Vancouver. I think he would have been successful in Boston just because they know how to utilize players and to put them in positions that are, you know, in a position to succeed. I think OBL at 4 million, man, like that's not a, I, I don't hate that, right? Like 4 mil, if you put them in the right minutes with everything, you feed them secondary power play and bottom minutes, you get a yeah, really strong bottom pair but, defenseman who's going to put up a lot of points on that power play. But Braden, to argue that is you're saying it's not bad to have OEL at four million, but I'm not going out of my way to trade for OEL at four million. I feel as though there's so many other options. Like yeah. I'd much rather get Luke Shen. If you want to talk about Tampa oh, yeah. Bay or Boston, yeah. why would I ever trade for OEL? Right. So I think you should move past that creatively. But yeah. My point just being is let's stay there. Shit. Yeah, let's let's try trading Luke Shen then. Would you do that? Because I know he's also big in the locker room. We've talked about this like a month ago, so we don't have to get too deep into it. But as your feelings changed, would you trade trade Luke Shen right now for like a? I love him. I love him, but like you have to. You're not getting a third for him. That's the thing. You're getting a second. It starts the second. Um, if I'm the Canucks, I'm going. I'm looking. So if you don't get a second, you're not getting Luke Shen. That's the current asking price. You are getting a second you're getting it in a world where Ben Chirac gets the first and the third. I can't remember Shen's exact stats, but like he's actually put up numbers this year too. So with everything involved in that, that guy's actually playing as a strong top four defenseman on a league bin deal. Yeah, dude, I'm asking I'm starting price is a first and a third. I want that. Uh, Gavrikov ask. I want, you know, all the, uh, the Ben Chirac ask you're not going to get that. But to me, that's a starting point and you whittle down from there. The Canucks want ready prospect NHL ready players. I don't know if you're going to get that. You know, the Red Wings are getting thrown out his name for uh, Horvat. I wonder if Philip Ronick is a guy that you see on the move um, to Vancouver uh, for Bo Horvat there. But for Shen, like, no, you you have to trade Shen and they will trade Shen, which is the only good thing with this management group is that they recognize they do have to sell and they will trade some players. Not was, it, was it this week that came out where Canucks weren't letting teams talk extension on Horvat, or was that they, last week? I can't remember. I got mad at that when I first saw it, and then I saw a report come in that said, "Hey, most likely the reason that they're doing that is just to hold off on, um, you know, taking all this time with Horvat and his agent just for the trade to go nowhere." Right now, they're in the process of whittling it down to who are the teams that are really going to put up or shut up. Then they'll they can talk. Yeah, I feel teams. as though that was always inevitable and blown out of proportion. It was obvious that at some point, if the Canucks are willing to actually trade him, they're going to let him speak to a team, knowing that the trade will not go through unless the team can speak with the player before. But they did talk to Horvat again, right? Like they had to have had new discussions with Horvat, even though we had Rutherford coming out last week saying we gave our best offer. So. Part of me wonders if it's because they're still talking to him and they don't want him to hear what other offers he could get and go, that's out there. I need that. To me, it doesn't hurt because at least you have the resounding, okay, like that's that. He's going to leave. Like We have an answer. We're going to trade him. Let's find that best package and devote 100% to that instead of this little some effort here, some effort there. Um, but for, uh, I don't know, I, the reports coming out is that it's Bo or Kuzmenko. To me, Bo's a year younger and he's a center. <laughs> you should keep him over the guy shooting 25%. Um, yeah, yeah. But 
Is yep. there anything else you want to say in Canucks Corner? Because I do want to tr- use shooting percentage as a transition, if I may. Well, we're going to transition over to uh, a guy who shoots a lot, right? <laughs> no. Scores sometimes. I, we're so. going to get into Pastor next soon. I want oh. to ask you guys there are eight teams in each playoffs in each uh, conference in a playoff spot right now. We're halfway through the season, a little bit closer to, I'd say 55, 60% through the season. Which team do you think is a fraud and will not make the playoffs? A team currently in a playoff spot that will finish the season out of one. For me, the team with the highest shooting percentage in NHL history, even higher than the 2013 Maple Leafs, which somehow snuck into the playoffs. The Seattle Kraken are my playoff frauds, and I do not think they finished the season in a playoff spot, despite only being one point out with two games in hand in the Pacific. If you look at points percentage, they are the best team in the Pacific, and I don't think that's going to last. Do you guys really believe in this team? Because I do not. Shooting percentage is why. Brayden, you said you don't want to sign Kuzmenko over Horvath because he's shooting 25%. No Seattle, no team is shooting like Seattle is doing. They're tops in shooting percentage. That's got to regress over an 82-game season. So tell me, Stu, am I wrong? Am I wrong? I think so, to be honest. I think Seattle's going to stay in, mainly because they just have nasty forward depth. Like, their forward depth is nasty. Um Vince Dunn has emerged somehow for some reason, like this season as, you know, a, like a guy that's just going to go out there and put up points and they've gotten quote unquote stable goaltending this year. Um, I, I just can't see them falling out. Like you said, like at halfway through the season, like if you said this at 20 games, I'd be like, yeah, they're falling out, but it's halfway through the year now. I, I can't, I'm not going to bet against a team that's shown it to me for half a season. I think. Stu, you saying who could have seen Vince Dunn coming out? I'll tell you who. Me, Kai, any other fucking smart Canucks fan when we were all demanding that the Canucks pick him up for a fifth or whatever the fuck it was years ago. Canucks corner is over, loser. That's who saw it coming. Um, No, but I'm with Stu. I think they, I think Kraken keep it up. Reasons being twofold. Number one, uh, you know, Tyler, you said, oh, how how are they going to sustain sustain a shooting percentage over 82 games? Tell me. Easy. Players do it all the time, <laughs> right? Like we see it all the time. Remember David Clarkson and his shooting percentage bender that got him a sick deal. Like players go on benders all the time for shooting percentages lasts about a year and then they cool off. Um, couple that with Seattle getting amazing goaltending. It's just one of those years where bounces are going their way on both ends of the ice. Um, second point there. You're right. I said it was twofold. That's a fancy word. Second fold of the paper here. Who's going to catch them? Who in the Pacific is going to catch them? McSelfish and the shitty Oilers or the garbage Flames? See, here's the thing. I don't think the Flames are going to be garbage. And honestly, since December 1st, they haven't been. Points percentage-wise, percentage they're top seven in the NFL since December or in the NFL. In the NHL, Whoa. they're very impressive. Across two leagues, they're top seven in That's points crazy. percentage since December 1st. But the last what? 10, they're 500. That's not going to get it done. In points percentage, that's not true. They've won. They're five, three, and two. Yeah, five and five. That's five hundred. How many points is that? Okay, not points percentage. That's what I'm saying. So what's what? Six hundred? Like that's still not. I don't know. I don't think that's enough. You still got LA to catch before you get to the Kraken, and the Kraken have two games two games in hand on the Flames. 
Yeah, I know. And to be fair, right. it is definitely a hot take. And I w- didn't expect you guys to agree with it. But Martin Jones is their fucking goalie. You know, oh, did I they mean? make it to the finals with Martin Jones as their goalie one year? <laughs> Don't you say Wait, goalies are voodoo all the time? They are. Goalies, yes. are voodoo. goalies are voodoo and martin jones isn't a goaltender okay he is martin jones is different there's rules and there's exclusions to rules and martin They're jones gonna... does not fall in this fallacy that you are dictating to me do not it come does, at though. me with this and it's goalie, just one of those do... years but Braden stewart's using my point against me and i don't like it i don't like existence as a canucks fan but here i am <laughs> So we all have to do things we don't like. Flyers West fan. Kai has to own up for incest. We all have to do things that we don't I'm like. Pretty Yeesh. sure that's not true. Again, allegedly, it is a double <laughs> kidnapping, murder, and insider trading. Allegedly. Okay. Okay. You guys have given me a lot to think about. I don't feel as good as about my take, but I'm sticking to it. Stuart, give me a fraud then. Out of the eight teams in the East or West are in a playoff spot, tell me one team that will not finish in that spot. I like, I want to be really just pessimistic against my own team and almost pick Pittsburgh. Oh my God. Just because I can't as a, as a fan, although I would encourage, you know, everyone else to think that. But you could fucking As a see fan, it. I'm not going to pick them. I could absolutely fucking see it. Um, Ooh. Shit. Tane resigns, Malkin resigns just to finish in the Nux zone. Yeah, at least they'll have their first this year. I hope. Um, but if I had to pick a team that's gonna fall out, I guess I'll pick Edmonton. Like I don't Yeah, I think we're all with you there. Like it's, wow. it, it, Connor it's the right pick. Eh? He's at yeah, it's it's the boring pick. I think we've been kind of rehashing this Edmonton have won six straight teams. guys Edmonton has won six straight and McDavid has 88 fucking points in 48 games it's like yeah. the boring hot take it's the yeah. hot take that like, it's, everybody yeah. has yeah okay it's like Alexander Barkov is underrated it's like are you sure hey he's I, not an all-star this year can so. we talk about how often they say that and it's to the point where it's become super meta where now analysts every intermission they say this exact thing is Barkov underrated, or we've just been saying no. underrated for so long? It's like so we've gotten to this point where we've been talking about us talking about it. Like you want enough? Enough? I'll tell you who the most underrated player is in the NHL. It's Sidney Crosby. Oh, preach! Because people be best grinder Crosby in the league. out of the top seven, top ten debate when really in any given game. Who would you want on your fucking team? I would put Sidney Crosby on my playoff game seven team over everyone in the league outside of Connor McDavid. I take Crosby. You take Crosby over McDavid in a game seven take all? Yeah, where like almost 100% of the games played at even strength where McDavid just doesn't do shit. Yeah, I'm taking Crosby. You know, he's got, he's, he's, you know what? He's got a point. Throwing shots at big power play. See you later, loser. So is he not the best player in the league right now? You mean the guy who's responsibly, who's like, I'm taking the guy who's responsible defensively instead of just fucking off to the other end of the ice? Yeah, oh. I'm taking Sidney Crosby. Oh, he's shooting still. Go off, Braden. Keeps talking shit about McDavid. What else? The guy who could put up 120 penalty minutes because he can play that greasy style of play versus a little broken leg because he can't do anything? Yeah, what? I'm taking Sidney Crosby. <laughs> what? Is Sidney Crosby the most underrated player in the league, Sue? Uh, I don't know if most... He's one of them, for sure, I think. Compared to, like, how he's perceived and his, like, talent level, like, everyone goes, yeah, he's good, but everyone just goes, oh, he's, like, an elite center. No, People like, are he's forgetting. still... Right, it's yeah. Sidney Crosby, guys. <laughs> hey, by the way, 
this new Bedard guy that you're looking at, this McDavid stats, those were all Crosby stats when he first entered the league too. Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to ignore the fact that Pittsburgh at the time of recording is now losing 2-0 in the first 10 minutes to Florida. So I'm going to live bet the Penguins right now, actually. Braden. No, my team, my my take. Who's falling? Who's a fraud? Me? Who's falling? I'm going to do you one better. I'm not just going to tell you who's going to follow. I'm going to tell you who's going to take their spot. <gasps> Go do it. Buffalo Sabres are making the playoffs. They're kicking out the Washington Capitals. Oh! 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 Oh. I'd love to see that. The Sabres. I'm looking at it. The Sabres have Sabres. three games in hand on the Capitals and are only five points back. With Yuka Pekka Luka Nuka Duka Pekka Lukin? Luka Pekka Lukinen? I think what that's his name, name, actually. What pretty a sure. Luka Pekka Lukinen, baby. Rasmus. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about it. I want to give asking. a little reference to the listeners. In the clip, I'll put up a screenshot right now of the Eastern Conference standings. That's how close the Sabres are? What? Yeah. I have yeah, no gonna, idea. They're they've been three hot. points they had behind that, the Penguins. They had that bad November, and then they fucking just snap back into it, and they're like, fuck our dogs. They've won three in a row. They're good on the road. If they figure it out at home, man, these Sabres could actually do it. And they're absolutely a team I'm cheering for rest yeah, of season. who doesn't want to see them go? Who doesn't want to see Boston and Buffalo in the first round? Uh, <laughs> I would love well. that. I would love that. <laughs> I would love to see Buffalo steal a game or two and really make Boston nervous. They take. You out, think they, they would make Boston nervous? No. The if team I that's say, on pace to set win, the most points no. all time in NHL history. But in, uh, hey, it's zero zero in the playoffs, baby. If you let's say Buffalo wins game one, any team's nervous if you lose game one. Any team. I guess you know what you're fair. There was that you know, that Columbus swept Tampa Bay where no one had that. Let's happening. not forget Amber. that happened in 2018. No, 2019 that happened. So. After Tampa was winning three nothing in game one, and then Columbus Tampa still won, won it, and then two lost cups that don't count because COVID. You're right. And then everyone said fire everybody in Tampa, and they kept everybody. They ran it back, and that's and what the Leafs are going to do with Davis and Keith after they lose yeah. in the first round this year. They're going to run it back, and we're going to go again. No, they'll ask you to do this to after they win a cup, and he'll say fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I love your take though. Is who what inspired this? Is it Darlene just? shooting himself into a top three top five defenseman debate is yeah that he's still no quinn hughes but like i don't know i just look at it and i figure i don't buy into what the cops are selling i think they're a bunch of old fraud dude you got you lost my oh, fantasy team about, lost them frauds eh you're not only did my fantasy from. team lose out on them but the washington capitals also lost out on their best defenseman being john carlson um so who you're gonna rely on is your number two like dimitri orloff is that your number two Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Trevor, like, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Eric Gustafson, the guy who can only play in one end of the rank. Whoa, Nick whoa, Jensen. whoa. Like, I don't believe in their D. I don't believe in Darcy Kemper, even though he's turned around a little bit recently. Uh, he's got 917 right now. In 30 games. Yeah, 30 games. He's got 917, so he's shown up. Oh, he's still Ovi, but like, I don't know. I've, they got back from Wilson back. Do you think that doesn't make enough of a difference? Oh, she's also coming back. Like those are three players it, that are big in their top six. It's big. It's just like I don't think you know we talked about in our season previews is that they're gonna have to outscore their defensive troubles. Yeah, we did talk. Now about that. your best defenseman's out, and it's a bunch of like pretty weak second pair guys to me that you got filling the gap. So I'm looking at them to take a step back. I'm thinking that they're gonna be falling right when the Sabers are rising. Buffalo's so, making it, baby. Washington's out there, frauds. I love so it. So why why do you think Washington falls out over Pittsburgh? Is it just 
It's Crosby, like, buddy. Like, Crosby like is, it just, the is it the most underrated player in the league? Just especially that. I don't know. I uh, looking at just the two rosters. Like every year, and we talk about it, right? Every year we go, is Pittsburgh gonna fall out? Like, would I be shocked if Pittsburgh was the one to fall out? No. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I picked Washington to be a bit different than like what you had alluded to. Um, really, it could, it, it could be Buffalo's making it over entered option here, but you know Pittsburgh or Washington. Yeah. Um, I'm giving the edge to Pittsburgh, just like <sighs> yeah, like partially Crosby and partially just like Pittsburgh's got that winning pedigree, man. Like it, they've they won culture. cups. They've won it's, cups. Washington's won a cup, right? Yeah it's the same thing every year with Pittsburgh too. It's like, they'll start the season. They'll be okay. And then they'll have a point where they're really bad. And you're like, Oh fuck, this team's missing the playoffs. And then they'll win like 11 straight games, like starting next week. Yeah. And then you'll be like, Holy fuck, this team's going to go for it in the playoffs. Like this is a contender. And then they'll get first rounded. It's that. And then you know what the other piece too is that sticks out to me is we're talking injuries. Washington has an injury. And it's like, Oh fuck dude if pittsburgh has an injury are you really that worried no because they're gonna call up mark donk and buzz flip it well they, the they thing, actually right? are they Gary actually McGuire. are finally they're finally getting healthy now like Latang's back playing Latang's tonight back that's huge for the penguins it is. people under underestimate because Latang isn't known as the defensive guy just how important he is to the defense you just push everyone down a peg and he fucking plays 23 and a half minutes a night that's nothing to shake your dick at no I mean, you manage the load while you're one your best defenseman and one of the like franchise icons was out with a fucking stroke. Like, dude, like that's a big boost to get back, just like mentally, right? Wow, I'm and, like, so on board with this take though with Buffalo because let's hear some pro Buffalo chatter. Outside of the defense, they have Tage Thompson, dude. Tage Thompson is absolutely nasty. Is Tage, Tage Thompson, Thompson one of the best contracts in the league now? Tage Thompson is nothing compared to my favorite player on the Buffalo Sabers. Don't do Alex it. Tuck. Don't say it. It's toxic. Yeah, no, Stu knows. Yeah. Stu knows. Because Stu, Stu called it out earlier. Stu, who's my favorite player on the New Jersey Devils? Uh, I called this out earlier? You, like episodes ago. I don't know if you remember. Are you a brat? Yes, we're a brat. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Third, line, third line winger. Thomas Tatar. No, Miles Wood. Thomas. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I Miles Wood. I love Miles Wood. I love Miles Wood. Yeah, you would like Miles of Wood. I- fucking love alex tuck man i love alex tuck i think that guy's a he's great, great player he's from buffalo he loves wearing that fucking sabers jersey hey, like, hope don't the fact, dude the fact that he got traded from the fucking vegas golden knights to shitty buffalo as part of the eichel trade and he wasn't like i'm gonna go retire and he was just like fuck it like let's do the this balls on the kid yeah who was it that got traded to buffalo in the ryan o'reilly trade and he was actually and he was just like actually i'm gonna retire do you remember that? It was a center. Oh my god, what was his name? It was like a I Swedish say, guy. I want to say Rasmus Applin, but I don't know if that's right. No, I don't really? Think that's right. It was a he didn't yeah. Have a no trade. And he's like, I, I'm in Buffalo. I'm here. Yeah, he's retired. Now. Though he did really? have like apparently there were substance abuse issues going on. Like I I remember oh, there was whoa, some whoa. component like that. Um, but um, yeah, Which he uh, he he just said fuck that. <laughs> I'm out. Um, <laughs> but no, talk's been nasty there for the Sabers. He yeah. is at currently while I open it up. What? Oh, just say how many points he's on. Okay. <laughs> so right now, when we look at their uh, team here, Alex talk 46 games, 22 goals, 29 assists for 51 points in 46 games. Whoa. That's almost Zach Hyman level. He's got more goals and <laughs> he's got more goals in the assists than uh, Jeff, the dog Skinner and Skinner's having it on real season. 
Also, can we talk just just to touch on Eichel for a second? Because I was looking at it, looking at like teams in our fantasy league. Uh, Eichel without Stone is he not good when Stone's not playing? Like, because Mark Stone got hurt what like a few games ago, like a couple weeks ago. It's been I think, and I think Eichel has like two points. Really, um, he's a he's a sniper though too, right? Like those guys get hot and cold. That he's under a point per game this year when everyone's scoring a lot's a little concerning to me. He is tied for a hundredth in the league in scoring with names like Vince Dunn and Philip Deneau, who are both known for their defensive play. You're one point under a point per game, though. It's tough to complain if you're going to put up 81 points in 82 games. Or whatever, I was going right? to get like, there. Yeah, I just wanted to roast him for that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. You know who's what tied with the most about? underrated player in the league for points? Is uh, Sidney Crosby got 54. At least Pedersen has 54. So just keep that in mind. Remember uh, who's better than Crosby is. Uh, it's yeah, so Anyways. does Dylan Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres, all right? So. Dude, Cousins is nasty. Like Cousins is Sabres nasty. Lineup is... Did they win the Jack Eichel trade? Oh my god, absolutely. Not yeah, even I think so. They were absolute bitches. <laughs> and Peyton Krebs. The surgery thing, but they absolutely held out business-wise for the right thing. And Vegas gave up so much. Um, the yeah, player we were mentioning who retired was Patrick Berglund. Mm-hmm. We he said for. Applin, so I think that's a half point for you, Stu. I appreciate that. Thank you. I think he I've played that. 23 games for the Sabres that year, put up four points, two goals, two assists, and then just said, Those... fuck this, and went to go play for Jur Gardens in uh, the Swedish Hockey League. They're a pretty good team in the Swedish Hockey League. I say like top 15 for sure. Jur Garden? Yeah, Jur Garden's pretty good. They develop yeah, a lot of players. What? I don't know what we're talking about. So, how about that... this? Oh, okay. You had me fooled. Uh, yeah. Okay. How about this? I want to go quickly through the current leaders of each trophy race, and you guys just tell me yes or no. Do they win the trophy? And if it's no, we can discuss. Okay. Calder Memorial Trophy. Is it Bernier? 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 Is it Bernier's? Is it Bernier's? Is it Bernier's trophy for sure? Like, who else can win at this point? Owen Power. You think Owen Uh, Power's up there? Yeah. I think Stewart's... Vesna pick Logan Thompson is something to say. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I was literally just totally blanking on his name and couldn't remember who is he. I, to you don't remember yeah, your he qualifies. No, I knew it was Vegas goalie. I was like, what the hell's his Aiden name? Hill. I think I had a mini stroke. No, yeah, Aiden Hill cannot Hill. qualify. I'm a part of Aiden, Hill's, Aiden Hill haters club. Okay, but Beniers is having a great season, and he's a part of Seattle's Kraken's four group that Braden was giving high praise to earlier on in the episode. But Logan Thompson is leading Vegas to top in the division. And he, he is apparently a rookie. So I think Logan Thompson might be my pick. The goalie position is just inherently more important than what Benier's Yeah, did. but goalies get unheralded, right? Like, when was the last time a goalie won the Calder? Was Steve Mason in 07? Like, it wow, takes a lot. Dome, and I, I think that. God damn. I think that we're going to see. That's why you have uh, on the pod. Maybe it was 04. I can't remember the exact year. But the point is, I think that we're going to see a bit of the, like, the team carried them effects kind of play a role into that and giving a different player being veneers or power um the onus over thompson like i think thompson i think those are the three guys who get nominated right it's gonna be thompson uh maddie veneers and Owen power yep i think a lot of the voters are gonna go ah yeah the vegas is so good it's like he's like it's like he's brock purdy coming to the niners like look at the tools he's got to work with right, right? hall of fame potential of course you're gonna be going <laughs> oh, man that's what i'm thinking but I think a lot of people are going to write him off going, well, he's got all the tools to be successful there. Look at where Vegas's roster. Why wouldn't he be good? That's um, a good point. Right. And whereas Owen Power, 
comes in him and Beniers both they come into teams that weren't good last year they're playing all situations and they're playing really fucking good at it too right like mm-hmm. under underrated part specifically with power the guy's playing like 25 minutes a night that's really fucking hard to come into the NHL and do as a rookie yeah and if you look at the odds he's like plus 4,000 he's like they're giving him 41 odds to win the trophy Owen power Owen power he's been very go good hit that hey Logan, yeah Logan Thompson's 12 to 1 Owen Powers, 40 to 1. And Stuart Skinner, who is eligible, I'm just finding out right now, he's 25 to 1. I mean, he's basically the starting goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. If they go on a run, I know you guys don't love them, but I think they'll make the playoffs. If Logan Thompson or Stuart Skinner get nominated, they absolutely have a chance to make that happen. I'd love to see a goalie win it. Skinner, because I think he's going to have the same kind of thing as Bennington did, where people, the voters are going to go, he wasn't there the whole season. He came in later. Obviously, right. Logan Bennington Thompson was way later, chance. right? Yeah, like that. That's what I'm thinking. I think I would go power. I think what power is doing is more impressive than what Beniers is doing. Um, especially being that like power's gonna have like 40 points too as a 19 year old defenseman in the NHL play in all situations. Like that's good. fucking incredible, dude. Pretty good. Um, yeah. but Beniers, <laughs> like you know, in addition to me saying, when was the last time a uh a, a four or a goalie won the call? When was the last time a rookie? won the Calder or D won the rookie uh are you there. referencing Panarin is that what you're trying to say right <laughs> yeah. well I was just saying last time a rookie I, won the Calder uh, okay. I know not Political. not Panarin no when was almost last Michael Bunting last year won the Calder I think <laughs> Makar won the Calder and then before or was it Fox no Makar won the Calder over Hughes and then before Makar it was Aaron Ekblad I can't believe that how you right have all this listed up in your head that's crazy so well, my point's just being that, like, forwards typically take it over defensemen, right? They put up a lot of points. It's flashy. And you got to remember, it's the media who votes on it. And if you're a beat writer covering your own team, it's easy to just look at the stats and go, oh, his numbers are the best. I'm voting for him. Mm-hmm. That's true, because we often forget that these people are voting. They They can't watch 32 teams play. And I don't really blame them for not checking out the Arizona wild game. If they're the capitals beat writer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just looking at the Calder Memorial trophy right now. Like there's more cider. He's winning it. There's my car. Like it's mostly forwards. Oh yeah. Cider won it last year. Damn it. Yeah. Cider I, over uh cider over bunting. I'm not seeing many goalies. Steven Mason was Oh nine. And then the I, that, king that of all kings, Andrew Raycroft in 04, oh. won it for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> and then the Leafs were like, you know what? We want the guy winning the Calder Memorial. Here's Tuka Rask. <laughs> we would like him back. Imagine uh, if they traded Pogi instead. Anyways, what's the next trophy we want to look at? We spent I want to talk about the uh I want to talk about the Jack Adams buddy. Is it Jim Montgomery's? running away award because Boston's so good. And he is the coach for the bot. I'm going to say the name of the teams too, for the listeners that don't know all the coaches names, Jim Montgomery for me is leading the way. Cause Boston is by far the best team. And to me, the Jack Adams trophy should just go to the best team. It goes to the, you impressed us. We didn't think he'd be this good. So yeah, it's the Sabres. Um, yeah. You think the Sabres coach has a good chance today? Or the Sabres. Why did I say the Sabres? It's the Bruins. Yeah, no, it's yeah, um, it's, it's it, the Bruins. It's Montgomery, right? It's, it's like, his award. Because we weren't really even putting them at top one, two in the division at preseason. We weren't doing We all that. had them third, I think, right? Like, How we could all said you, though? Make it. 
I said I'm pretty sure someone put Florida ahead of them too, which is fair. Florida finished with 122 points last season. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people didn't have Boston fishing top three in this division and they're going to set like a cap record. <laughs> it's actually wild. Also, what the deal with Marchand lying to us? I think it's such bullshit that Boston can just get away with lying about injury timelines. They did it all year long. What's the deal? What's the deal? Um, yeah. Well, players just recover faster. I can't wait for the Bohorvat to the Bruins trade. Um, yeah, that's gonna Campbell, happen. Just gonna throw up. It's gonna be Carlo and like Fabian Lysol for Bohorvat. That's what the trade is gonna be. <laughs> Does Boston also have the Vesna winner in net at with Linus Allmark? Essentially, man, they've I got. I think he has to be the, the favorite right now. He is the favorite right now, and I think he the only people be. you can put them up there with, I think Kalibuk would get nominated, and Bomb. Ottinger, Sorokin are playing very well this season. I don't think Vasilevsky or Shosturkin are up there yet. No, they're not. Like Thompson, outside chance to at the Vesna there gives Stu some credit, but yeah, um, and. Another underrated part of that that we mentioned in our previews, right, is that like Boston's also got the best goalie tandem in the league, and oh, they're not sure. paying a lot for it either. Like they were very smart with how they approached that. Yeah, um, that Ulmark signing was so good, and at the time, people were signing Mrazics for like the same price, and they got Ulmark for a really good oh, deal. The only thing, you know, wrapping it back to the Jack Adams, I'd say, is that. Tyler, we talked about this. Sheldon Keefe deserves more consideration for that award. If any other team lost the amount of defensemen and quality defensemen that Sheldon Keefe had uh, and still managed to put up the record that they did, we'd be hearing about it every single fucking day. But because it's the Leafs, no matter what you hear about, oh, it's all about the Leafs. Everyone wants to fuck. The NHL loves jerking off the Leafs. They don't. Meanwhile, Sheldon Keefe is 14th in in, um, odds right now to win the coach of the year. 14th. The Leafs had all those injuries. Remember, they had all those injuries, and in November, didn't they have like the same record as the Bruins, like the exact same record? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Keith does not get enough credit. He makes some bonehead decisions, but so does every coach. Like John Cooper, in my opinion, makes bonehead decisions. But Keith is upper echelon. I think no questions asked. A top ten coach in the league, and for my money, a top five. Do you guys think just one name? I guess to throw out, even though we all agree. That it's Montgomery's award, I think. Does Lindy Ruff get any love for this? Do you think? For if the, the Devils, if the Devils had like, kept it up all season, I think so because they've cooled off a little bit. I don't. If the Devils finish, for if the Devils for finish job. second in the Metro, do you think just behind Carolina? I think mm. you have to because then they would have improved their season by thirty-five standing points compared yeah. to last year. Yeah, like, yeah, he will. Then we also it, expected Boston to be a playoff team. And not everyone was saying New Jersey. So it's yeah. like, Brady, it's you're the, the only the, one calling New Jersey, like in the divisions. It's back to the Jack Adams kind of just being also like, hey, this team really surprised us this year. Yeah. Like this team was really good when we weren't expecting it. Like, okay. I can see Lindy Ruff okay. a lot of Dave Haskell. Haskell. I forget how to pronounce Haskell. it. But the Seattle, the Seattle Kraken coach. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of names in that field that you could go to the season. Like, even like Rick Bowness, I guess, for the Jets. Man, yeah, anyone, for the, the Jets, Jets have been I'm really good. Say... Pete DeBoer for Dallas. Yeah. Like Dallas Hawk, has okay. been a whole new team with their coaching. Oh, agreed. I'm going to go. Here's my three. I'm going to say I'm going to call it right now. Bucket. It's going to be Montgomery, yep. Ruff, and uh, oh, uh, fuck, who do we say? Uh, DJ Smith. Yeah. Hackstall. Those are your I top think, three. I, th- I, think, I think I agree with that. 
Montgomery takes it. All right. So this is a fun exercise. I will also want to hear both your top three for the James Norris Memorial Trophy. Best defenseman in the league. In my opinion, there's really only five names I would consider. And you can throw in different names if you think so. But for me, there's five names to consider. There's Kel McCarr and Eric Carlson, who have both mm-hmm. been having yep. tremendous seasons. There's Rasmus Dahlin, who has absolutely yep. put himself in this conversation. Adam Fox is steady, as solid as always. Mm-hmm. He's having a great year. And Josh Morrissey for the Jets yep. is the huge bright spot on that Jets blue line that doesn't honestly have much behind, behind Morrissey. So yeah. I think those are my five. And of those three, I'm going Makar, Carlson, Dahlin. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, exactly. I, I think Heiskanen for me is pretty close. Too. If, wait, does Eric Carlson win it? Right? Because, I mean, he's on a team that it doesn't matter. Like, their season's over already. But Eric Carlson is absolutely the best player on his team and the best offensive defenseman by far is this who we think is going to win or who we think like who we think is going to get voted to win or who we think should win who do we think could get voted to win and who do you think well, we all agree win? on the three reason we agree being that, is when yeah. i look at the season i go darlene of those three i agree um, with that i think, I think how, the best defenseman. again of people who don't watch all the games so it's going to be jams who vote how do i think the jams are going to vote here i think they're going to go uh like we kind of get into this thing where trophy just becomes a player's trophy for a bit like the selkie like no one thinks before they vote they just go yeah bergeron yeah he's so, guaranteed top three even if he only played two games that season yeah yeah That's for real so, so i kind of feel like it was headman for a bit with the norris right is that oh, f- oh, fuck it headman put him guaranteed down. norris vote norris nominee. and now i feel like that's transferred over to my car regardless of how good like carlson has and the pedigree he has in the history i kind of feel like it's now become McCars by default until somebody's so fucking good that they kick him off that throne. And can we say that even with McCars cold start, right? Can we say that Darlene or Carlson have been so good this year to kick him off? I wouldn't say so. So I, I think it ends up being McCar, but I go Darlene. Um, wow. My my only point, like for a kind of against McCar, is I also feel like voters don't like as much like i'm not saying all of them but definitely some of them i feel like don't like people winning it two years in a row yeah i think so that's true. just a knock against mccart like it's not fair and it shouldn't affect your voting at all but it's just but like that's how voters vote it's like it's how they vote you look at it and you go oh this guy won last year you know he doesn't need to win again this year let's give to someone new and then like darlene someone who's never won it is a great story like give it to him or carlson the guy who's had a huge resurgence in his career I think my pick currently would be for Carlson, just because of points purely, and, and it's just, just and the storyline of just him kind of that's exactly his career right. back to life. Tyler, what's your thoughts? And then I want to give you a Macar hot take afterwards. Having Darlene on my fantasy team has been <laughs> driving me to watch Buffalo Sabres games a lot, and I've been loving Darlene. He's good, I, man. I think I would vote for Darlene personally this way through the year because he's putting up offensive numbers, not like Eric Carlson, but defensively, you would be shocked if you haven't looked. He's on the Buffalo Sabres expected goals for when he's on the ice, five on five, like 55%, regardless of partner. That's very important to me. So I think Darlene, but I think they give the trophy to McCarr for brains point. Also for Darlene, the cheap stat that really is nonsense. He's also plus 18 on the Sabres. 
Yeah, like, but that's not that's, nonsense when it's plus 18. Yeah, that's high enough that where, high. where it matters. Yeah, if it's extremes, plus minus counts. I'm with exactly. you Exactly. Yeah. Minus 50 or plus 50, something that's telling you something that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the hot take I wanted to get to, and this is dating. This is going back a couple of years here with Makar. Um, he's the better, Makar is the better player now. I want to make that very clear. Makar is the better player now. Quinn Hughes had a better rookie season than Makar, and it's actually not debatable. It's, that's an objective fact. Defensive, uh, the, the advanced metrics at the time showed that Hughes was better in his own than Makar was. Hughes had a higher even strength points percentage than Makar did. Everything there that actually mattered, it was all Hughes, baby. Hughes Braden. deserved to win the Calder over Makar, and he Braden. got robbed. We're talking about how voters vote stupidly. Do you think Elias Patterson winning the year before had anything to do with them yes, not giving it to, to a Canuck? That. It was a bunch of fucking little piss babies that were pissed off that Jordan Bennington didn't get it because he won the cup. And instead he lost to the best defensive center since the Patrice Bergeron. Uh, little segue, Selkie. Oh, Patterson. You think so, eh? No. You think Patterson? <laughs> yeah. no? He should be. Like, I, that's one of those things where I think that the next three i guess we could say like you know we're going to talk in threes um and who deserves to always be in that conversation moving forward it should be petterson it should be austin matthews and i don't know i guess barkov's still young enough to fit in that because he's kind of in both but right now who are the three that are always going to get it bergeron barkov and then like whoever has a good defensive year at any given time if kopitar is um, good that year kopitar. Kopitar, if kopitar is good then kopitar yeah no exactly so I think PD deserves more respect on his name for the defensive side of the game. You've Tyler, you've watched Canucks games. Like you see how good he is on the defensive side, which is why Rick talk has taken him off the penalty kill. Um, but no, he should get more Selkie, but really it's good. It's Patrice Bergeron's trophy to lose. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking against Bergeron. No, we don't even need to spend time on the Selkie really. Like it's Bergeron's to lose until he retires. And then it's going to be who takes up the onus, you know, looking forward. Look for Matthews to win it. Look for Pedersen to win it. Um, Honestly, underrated. Rupee Hintz. Yeah, I've got time for that, actually. Hintz is really good, man. His expected goals percentage on ice, and I know he's great forward-wise, but just to prove how good he is defensively, 67% of the time, expected goals are good, 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 not bad, bad, bad when he's on the ice. It's a 200-foot game. That's got (laughs) to give... um, some respect to his defensive numbers too. Expected by whom exactly? Whom? <laughs> Do you remember expects that? this? Yes, that is a great <laughs> meme in hockey Twitter. Oh, I love that. Can I take a little victory lap quickly here? I sh- fucking should have bet the live the live bet on the pens. Ah, yeah, oh, I should have uh, stopped the podcast. It's, it's two two. It's three three now. Three three. Holy shit! Now, Rupe Hints reminded me of this because as the guy who I told you I didn't buy into him. I just want to point out another guy who I didn't buy into. Oh, he's so good. He's one of the best centers in the league. He's under a fucking point per game. His team is shit. Elias Who? Lindholm is poo. Oh, he's not a good hockey oh, player. He's not Elias a good Lindholm centerman. Talk. He's the second line oh. center. I said he got carried by that line last year. Eat Look at shit, it. Goudreau and Kachuk gone. This guy's a fucking bum. 42 <laughs> points in 47 games. Remember when I went with Pedersen? Oh, what a bum. Remember when I said bum? Stuart, how bad is this guy? That's what I want up a first line center on a playoff caliber team. For sure. You guys are right. Remember, I said Patterson was better. You guys looked at me like uh, I had six fucking heads and 12 legs. Fucking no, bullshit. we did no, not. That did not. That, did not that is a lie. You made me count that all the lie. fucking centermen. You made me list all the centermen that okay, I would put above Lindholm. but you just said Lindholm. that we said that Patterson was worse than Lindholm, and we it's never said It's 42 points that. in 40. I remember this exact conversation. It's 42 points in 47 games, a top 15 center in the NHL. 
if by those numbers, no. no. But if you want to talk about his work over the last three years, is he in when he the got carried conversation by, when he got for carried by Chuck and Gaudreau? When he got carried by his linemates, now they're gone. He's fallen on his ass. 42 points is not falling on your ass, Braden. It's more than Eichel. It's if more than J.G. Miller. It's more than put, yeah, Alexander Barkov. <laughs> it's more than the. It's better than the most underrated player in the NHL, Matthew Barzell. Wasn't Barkov injured for like time too? Barkov has played 39 games, but shut up. <laughs> I mean, he's putting up more points than Philip Forsberg and Debrinket. Like he's up there. That's not. Those are wingers. We're talking centers. Him. We're talking centers. <laughs> he got carried. I, oh, this is a hundred point center, really? Because it looks like he's a bum. <laughs> it does not look like he's a bum. Bum. If I had to make a bum team, it'd be Connor Halbuck. It'd be fucking Elias Lindholm. Rupe Hints can be on there too, just for the fuck of it. Well, um, McDavid and Drysital, bums. So I just did the math. He is nineteenth currently as a center in scoring. The, on his bum. down year, his down year, bum. he's top twenty. He's only gonna fall. He's only gonna fall. All right, enough of this fucking bullshit, Elias Lindholm talk. <clears throat> I can't believe this is still going on in twenty twenty three. Pasternak, what is he going to sign for? I can't stand, as a Leafs fan, how happy and joyous we'd have to talk about the Boston Bruins this year. We're like, oh, they've been so good. It's so great. They're so amazing. Bergeron, wow, what a year. Fuck this team. I want to put some pressure on it. Pasternak's not going to sign with you guys. He's pricing. They're They're in talks right now. Apparently, Elliot Friedman says it's not in the red zone yet. But they're making their way. I heard that they had made an offer. Yeah. Boston I'm just checking. I see NFL. a couple of things confirmed. Yeah. So they've offered the max at eight years for eleven million. Remember what number Pasternak is? Eighty eight. How much money is eight years by eleven million? Eighty eight million. I just did work for you. Players like to have their th- their number as their contract. Look at said it's gonna that there's the deal right there. It's eleven by eight. Yeah, and if you want to look at comparables, Huberto, who just signed this year for eight years. 10.5 million. I don't You'll get 11. see how you don't get 10 and a half. And Pasta could probably ask for more than 11. And that's kind of the question with Pasta. Does he just take 11 or does he go try to get 12? That Pasta to me feels like a guy who is a Boston Bruin. Mm-hmm. Um, He's and they're going to go, hey, it's going to be shitty for a little couple of years after this. Are you willing to hang around for three, four years while we retool and get going again? And he's going to go, yeah. And they're going to go, oh, okay, sick. And then it's going to be like Horvat Pasternak and uh, Jake DeBrusque. I love Jake DeBrusque. That's another guy I'd put on my Miles Wood and Alex Tuck team. You want to talk about uh, Comeback Player of the Year award? If that existed, DeBrusque would be up there. Why doesn't that exist, by the way? It should. Remember when the the Canucks could have had him for Tanner Pearson? But no, for real, like... Burden hates Tanner Pearson. I hate Tanner Pearson. I love Jake DeBrusque, though. Speaking of most improved player, I've got a trophy on the wall. This is most improved player, number four, Brayden Hobbisky. <laughs> yeah, way to go, um, champ! Thanks. Most improved player. That means you were dog shit the year before. That's what that. And then, he was and the, then the, he year was the Elias Lindholm of his league. <laughs> year uh, nice. I got a different award. It says it says best stick handler. I'm pretty nasty with it. Jesus Christ! Um, One time when I was 12, when I was on the orange team, I finished third with singles in baseball. <laughs> third in singles. <laughs> so that was a big year for me. Are you fucking kidding me? Third? Uh, yeah, buddy. I finish every year with singles in terms of how many different women I've talked to at the bar. Why are you not tweeting that? Right now? 
What are you doing on this podcast? Not online tweeting that into social media. Okay, so Pasternak, he is he's gonna sign for the Bruins. Do you guys put that as a 95% chance or even higher? To 100. me, it's like 98, 99% chance. It's yeah, as close to like you'll let me go to 100 without being 100. The only reason I don't go to 100, I don't know, like maybe the Bruins. Like, just That's my biggest crazy. wish this offseason for him to not be a Boston Bruin. The only reason they don't is that the Bruins office goes crazy and they do some like really stupid, like spit in his food or like sign like this really racist bully to a contract. Like the And unless they do something that stupid, like referring to. <laughs> Who, who he's, he's just saying he's saying just in case he's not just, just in front this is a really weird hypothetical just, don't don't look into it at all he's just it's a hypothetical they ever did something that stupid okay they would never do that's the only reason i could see past leave but now he's he's a brune for life man all right boys it's been a good episode so far is there anything else you want to say hockey related before we move on and get out of here i bark think at people fun. during hockey now is that a is that yes is that good or no What'd what you say, Stuart? Like Let's just dog? blow past that. Yeah, what? like so, like, like I was like, I've, I've like been you, playing at people. Yeah, I've been playing D recently, and like I'm a fucking dog on that thing. Like I've been Do like you growl as well. It's so, like last game. Like I had like I had my hand on the guy's back, um, oh. and my knee in between his legs. So I had him in a nice board oh, pin. I was like poking the puck legal. out with my other hand. You no, know, it, it is that's legal. Um, and I'm like poking at the stick or poking my stick at the puck and shit. And then like another guy comes in and like wrap him up kind of and I'm getting at the puck because I'm really good on the half wall. And the entire time as I'm poking with it, I'm like, <laughs> and then like I get the puck out of the zone and I go, <laughs> and then uh, I go, yeah, and I just like yell. And um, they looked at me weird. Um, well, if you ever get hurt, you better whimper then. That's all I'm going to say. Bark <laughs> on the ice. I pulled a Justin Hall and I got called for it. I dropped my stick and I went to go set a pick and the guy hit my blade. So I got called to the box and I left the right. Are you fucking kidding? I was so mad. Um, and then I slashed a guy in the leg on my next shift as revenge. And I didn't get called for it. Jesus, you play like literally like Brian McCabe in 1998. <laughs> I love the can opener. It's one of my favorite moves. And black game too, this last game. You guys are going to love this. After all this shit, just imagine how pissed you'd be off if after all this shit, you're down by one goal. There's a puck scrum in that front. And then the other team's defenseman, this guy who's been barking and shit all game. You pulled the goalie. Right. He he's just takes a random like a shot. To try. Yeah. He just sees the puck in the net front and he just clears it to try and get out of his zone. Right. And he scores from the other end of the rink on your empty net. And then he does like an obnoxious did celebration after. Did you like, did you like raise the leg and like piss on someone? To I, put or... I put my arms up. I put my arms up when it was like halfway. I went, go, keep fucking moving, puck. That's not keep what going, dogs keep do. Keep going, keep going. I you know. I should have seen a dog do that. And then uh, when it went in, I yelled at the other team. I yelled, put me in at the Jens game hole in a car. Because like, you know, when like they bring a guy on an intermission to like shoot at the little hole <laughs> on the other end of the ring. <laughs> so like about car. 60% of that room had no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> What the fuck did this guy just say? What did he say? What about a car? <laughs> what did he say? I thought it was such a great fucking line. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> well, Brayden, I'm excited to hear your beer your beer league stories next week on the episode of the Loose Change Podcast. But that does it for today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate the show five stars. And I'll leave you with a quote from a great poet, Anthony Jeselnik. He once said, You don't know anything about pain. You don't know anything about pain until you've seen your own baby drowned in a tub. And you definitely don't know anything about how to wash a baby.